let me say that the political if you like, the political big This is the News Made of Students podcast. It's myself, Lex, here with my boy Ace. You're not middle class, you're not black white. Joy, one podcast at a time, discussing all things. Statistically, it looks like in London yeah. right now, yeah. this is predominantly a problem of young black teenage boys. Yeah. Yo, yo, repeat, repeat after me, repeat after me. Let's go. I am. I am. A revolutionary. A revolutionary. I am. I am. A revolutionary. A revolutionary. I am. I am a revolutionary. A revolutionary. God. I had to open with that, man. I had to open with that. I had to open with that. Because I'm, just, I'm still gassed off the energy from of the oh. Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, starring our very own Daniel Kaluuya again. Right, this guy's getting jobs, you know. I'm just thinking about this last couple of years, yeah, the iconic roles that this guy's played, yeah, in terms of, I'm, I'm not going to call it black cinema. It's just, just cinema, but obviously more pertinent to those of us who are blessed with melanin. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's just like, fam, man, did Get Out, which is a cult classic, you know, he, he was in Black Panther, cult classic. And this film, I'm telling you, bro, when everyone watches this film, when this film hits streaming services and that and everyone watches it, it's going to be another cult classic, bro. I'm Honestly. telling you. Dope. Dope. For those who don't know, Judas and the Black Messiah is a story about Fred Hampton, the chairman of the Chicago Black Panther movement. Um, and the story follows a man called William O'Neill, uh, who was an informant for the FBI, who infiltrated the Black Panthers and essentially just gave up all the information on um, on uh, Chairman Fred. Yeah. And and uh, and it's not a spoiler alert because this story is well widely known that uh, Fred Hampton was then assassinated mm. in his bed with his pregnant wife next to him at the age of twenty one, bro. Mm. By the FBI, by the FBI, mm-hmm. the FBI, oh, on, FBI, on, Federal Bureau of Investigation for the US Federal Bureau, Bureau of Investigations. Like, the movie is so wavy, bro. Like, I don't even know how to dissect. Where do I start? Maybe, I don't know, bro. Ask me a question about it. Ask me a question. Ask me a question. What what what, what started Fred, Fred off? Cool. So, the story doesn't go into... Because the, the, that's what makes it clear. So, the film isn't about Fred's life. It's about this particular uh, time in his life. Where, you know, yeah, there was a guy, cool. So, you don't actually get... Uh, backstory into Fred's life and that well, kind of life way. Ratas. Yeah. But yeah. Um, he's just like, you know, literally young brother that was in the Black Panther movement, but he was uh, uh, he was an incredible orator, like most black civil rights leaders at the time, you know, well, not at the time, but during that, that he obviously um, learned from Malcolm X, your Martin Luther Kings, etc. Incredible orator. But honestly, bro, like, it keeps spinning me that the guy was 21 when you got assassinated. Yep. 21, bro. Like, I can't tell you what I'll do in that 21, bro. I don't know if I could lead men like and women like the way he led men and women at 21, bro. And it's like, 
I, I, what the film, what I loved about the film that made it more clear to me, I knew bits about it, but I didn't know a lot, where he tried to lead a rainbow, a rainbow revolution. Wow. So when do you say the rainbow revolution? It wasn't just about, yeah, he was, he was a leader, he was a leader of the Black Panther Chicago chapter, but he tried, he got, um, Paul White's involved, he yeah. got the Puerto Ricans involved. Like it was just about he's a, essentially, but if I'm being honest, he's a communist. He like he's a communist. And yeah, apparently, apparently he's a is like a Marxist Leninist and a revolutionary yeah. socialist. Yeah. You know? Literally. He is literally like so he doesn't you know because Say that again, it's so interesting because in a way, I he could have died more for the latter. Yes. The former. Yes. He could have died more. For rather than being just simply a black activist, yes, more would have yes. him because of his socialist stance. Yes, yes, that, that, no. it was an equity for all, not just a superior kind of form of power that he's looking for. Like Facts. when you're searching in a clear way for unanimous power for all that will improvise the power of the oppressor, that's definitely more of going to be more of a target for the oppressor, right. in this case, the federal state of America. Bro, you're spot on there because I, I, I definitely believe that his socialist values and the fact, again, that he was trying to, you know, make this rainbow coalition was probably more of a threat than him just trying to galvanize and unify black people in America. A hundred percent. Because... So the, the, obviously he's the Black Messiah, so he's the person they refer to as the Black Messiah and stuff. And yeah. I'm not going to go too much into the movie, obviously people, I want people to watch it, but they refer to him as a Black Messiah. And obviously we know, like, he and he is obviously fully aware that he's not the first to rise up and galvanise black people in this kind of way. You know, one of, one of the parts of the movie, which I really loved, is that, and one of his routines is that he'll wake up every morning and just listen to like a, a Malcolm X uh, speech or Martin Luther King's speech, just uh-huh. to get his, you know I mean, and just learning from them and galvanizing them and, and enriching him and stuff. Um, uh, but I definitely, definitely believe his socialist values were definitely more of a threat to the American way than his wants to unify black people. Mm-hmm. One million percent, one million percent. Both of them together just makes a for a, a deadly cocktail for the traditional capitalist uh, American, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he was just seen as a he was just seen as a threat. He was literally he was literally described as the greatest threat to American life. How crazy is that, bro? Wow. At twenty one, it's, it's it's you know what you know. It's credit to Fred, you know. And for me, it's preposterous that. A whole system, you know, that that that, you know, governs millions, millions of people from thousands of different backgrounds. Here, yeah. would go out of their way to destroy a unifying force. Yeah, a unifying force that is based on a premise of of good for for all, and not not based on the premise of good for an exclusive executive group. You know, and 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 the fact that a lot of the uh, sorry, my question for you now is: Was anyone persecuted for his murder? Um, well, okay. Let me go. Let me talk more about the William O'Neill guy. Okay. So this William O'Neill guy, 
is just like the way they've described the way the movie starts. He, well, I'm not gonna say that, but he's just any other guy, isn't it? He wasn't part of the Black Panther movement. I don't think they they, they, they didn't allude to him having any, you know, uh, um, uh, desire to unify black people or anything like that or help black people come out of this bloody shackles they're in in America and stuff. He's mm-hmm. just like he, he's just he's about robbing people. He's about trying to he's just you know trying to make money, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, whatever. So he gets caught and then he's basically given an ultimatum of infiltrate the Black Panthers or go to prison. So he's infiltrated Black Panthers um, uh, and whatever, whatever. He's done that. He gives up all this information. Now, after they kill Fred, this guy, you would think, like, you know, in the movies, he looks quite moved by it. But he's still, even after they kill Fred, he was still infiltrated in those Black Panthers for another, like, 10 years. Oh, still and giving up. He's still giving up information, bro. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, so after that, so yeah, inf- yeah. And so basically, how the movie came about, because I've done a lot of research on how the movie came about, was that um, there was a documentary in America called something about All Eyes on Me or All Eyes Open or something like that. And he, one of the interviews, it was him. And he was basically saying, you know, oh, like, yeah. I, I infiltrated Black Panthers and stuff, kind of showing no remorse. And the guy asked him, like, what would you tell your son? And he's just like, like basically, like, no one could judge me type thing. Um, and then there's only that I discovered then after that interview, he committed suicide. Okay. So, when was that? Yeah. Oh, 1990, yeah. I want to say. 1990. Okay. So, yeah, he committed suicide. Um and yeah, and it's like that's it. Like no one, I don't think anyone in the FBI was, you know, no one in the FBI was definitely reprimanded and stuff for giving the order to kill Fred Hampton. Um yeah, so bro, it's like but this is the thing, like in we know in these especially the FBI and the CIA, like bro, we can rule off a whole list of quote unquote revolutionaries that they've killed, both in America and outside of America, yeah, particularly in Africa. Like yeah. we can we can reel off a whole list, bro. Like it's it's actually mad. And I think there has to be a real discussion about like who gives these people the authority to even do that, particularly the ones that are not in America. Exactly. Like, who gives the authority to the CIA to collude with with uh, uh, people in the Congo to uh, assassinate Patrice Lumumba or Thomas Sankara? Mm. Like who gives the bro? It's mad. It's mad. It is mad. Bro, like, it, yeah, yeah. At, at the end of the day, we ask who, and um, what history shows is that it's 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 the it's the people that elect, it's the people that vote, it's the people that participate, and the people that also don't participate when they can, because yeah. you know when we look at the times of a lot of the prominent people that that have been that that were murdered during that. That, that wave between the 1960s and the 1970s, yeah? yeah? When we look at the atrocities that were committed between them, between them, yeah, it, it, a lot of, the, a lot of the, those murders weren't punished. There were, a lot of them were by government officials, informants, and by covert groups that were also work, that have some sort of relation with, with you know, like the authority, the, authority the, the government, essentially, through some sort of security agency, whether it's the CIA, FBI, like, British police, like, were doing their special special units in the in the 80s, shout out to Smolex, allowing us to see, like, when you when you see the, 
the, the Mound Grove. You can see what they're fighting for. Join those mm-hmm. in the UK, you know, whether it's the, the people that have been making a last stand in, 19, in 1959 in Nigeria and killing prison yeah. protesters during the time when they were about to be liberated, when they are about to be liberated, become a republic, free from colonialism, whether it's during the time of the, of the big whites and the colonialists, during yeah. the 1700s, the um, 18th century, during the liberation of saint Dominique, the, the formation of Haiti, there's yeah. always going to be a struggle between the oppressor and the oppressed. The oppressor is never going to give up their, their, their power freely. You know what I'm trying to say, like no facts. Like it, it's the it's the constant it's the constant lesson and constant reminder that this is just gonna be a re. This is the this is what it looks like, unfortunately. Okay. You know, unfortunately, if people that are uh, they that are allowed to vote that are allowed to have an influence here yeah, on society in terms of through government and policy, do not exercise those kind of those those newfound liberties because everyone thinks that oh voting is some new chore bruv it's some new right <laughs> like like people are gonna want to vote once they don't have the vote so why don't they use the vote now <laughs> you know what i'm trying to say like mm-hmm. because these people that were listening all died essentially for for those reasons realistically yeah. you know to get people to get everyday people the opportunity to participate in in the realms where they were excluded from yeah. because of their race or creed which is a yeah. social construct <laughs> you know what i mean like people have made up this thing or oh, you're this it's, yeah you're this so you can't do that it's, it's it's been made up and they've had to fight with blood and tears for hundreds of years to to, <laughs> to prove scientifically that this is yeah. a lie you know and then we we we, we us lot will observe and critique and watch this and some people that will observe will then choose to abstain as the abstaining is the answer. Abstain is another form of laziness, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. Well, we spoke about this apathy and stuff is, 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 is one of the greatest threats to our, our way of living and our freedoms and our liberties. If I'm being honest, you know, I know some people think it's cool to be apathetic, but I don't think it is. I think if we're not, we're not careful, we uh, slowly um, license away a lot of our freedoms and our rights to the hands of just a small, a small group of people in society exactly. who, then, who then who then sell it on to that big corporations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when they turn around and say to you, oh, you can't do this unless you have this, or you can't do this, and then you're like, right, like, when did I sign that all away? But exactly. you signed it all away, one, when you didn't, when you weren't, when you weren't, when you weren't taking notice. Exactly. You know? And there's levels, obviously, there's levels of apathy, of course. Like, there's like, you know, some people are super deep into it. Every single policy the government make, they're like on it and stuff like that. that and that's obviously good. That's not apathetic, obviously. But there's some people that just like, now nah, I'm like, I don't really care what happens. Like, oh, no. I, like, they don't even know when they're bloody, there's been a tax hike or there's been, uh, 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 you know, or like council, ta- yeah, like council tax has been, has risen or, or anything. They're just not aware because they just choose to not be aware. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, it's like, it's the lack of belief that there are groups of people out there that actively are trying their hardest to oppress other groups of people because they don't like where they're from. And those groups of people have become, are, are, have been organised from the beginning and have become even more organised in creating that whole apathetic circle. Every, a lot of people might think that, you know, they feel 
this apathy and lack of urgency of not nature because it's not, they don't naturally take to politics. You know what I mean? But is it natural for anyone to take to slavery? Is it natural for anyone to take to their freedoms being taken away from them? Hell of a fucking no, you know? Because why, if, if that was the case, then people that were kidnapped and captured will never try and be, run away or be free. You know what I mean? Like, like, like there wouldn't be a system where there's police or security if people were just happy to be kidnapped and abused and, and, and hit and, and attacked. So it, it, it isn't a thing where like the excuse that, oh, polit- I'm just not into politics is viable. I, my, I just think, my, my friend, are you into life and health? Do you, do, you, do you have a family you love? Do you, do you enjoy being able to love people freely and love yourself freely? If so, then, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Then this is important. <laughs> what, you, you can, sometimes you don't feel like eating. Okay, but go seven, ten days without eating and drinking water and tell me if you'll feel anything. And, that, <laughs> and that's the point. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. At the end of the day, what, what the lives of people like Fred Hampton, MLK, Malcolm X, you know, these, these civil rights actives, activists who were, who were murdered in cold blood, assassinated, you know, because they... Assassinated. Were, assassinated. Yeah, bro, it's, it's so crazy. They got hired full hitmen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bro, it's so and mad. Hitmen as well. Because the first person that was sent to assassinate Martin Luther King was a deranged black woman. Oh, what? That tried to assassinate him? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. She was sent during... Um, there was during a book reading, you know. Oh, wow. She was said to be deranged, and which is the reason why she she stabbed him with a blade. And and there was um there was this thing, this headline that came out. You know, if he had sneezed, if he had sneezed, then he would have died because the the blade went so close to one of his main artery main arteries that had it been pierced, he would have um drowned to death in his own blood through his lungs. And then it was it was. During his early stages of recovery, it was a letter from a little wild, um, sorry, a little um, white girl from that 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 touched him the most. <laughs> she was like, you know, she heard that if he had sneezed, he would have died, and she sent a letter saying, "I I, I pray to God and thank God that that day that you never sneezed." <laughs> you know, you know what it was that, and it's just is that that compassion is innate. <laughs> it's a little girl saying this that has hardly any understanding of the complexities. Of, of how of how racist the yeah. that she's bought, been born into is, yet she knows that this letter and what her words are significant enough for her to actually get her parents to support her and sending this letter to 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 you know to Martin Luther King, That's you know, crazy. and it's it's these histories that aren't easily shared in mainstream media through like TV shows through cartoons, through storybooks. And, and when they are shared for small fragments, they're shared in a, in, a, in a kind of, at times, false narrative and a false context, not necessarily just the depth of it. Everyone is, no offense, but like, you know, a lot of people are sprung on that I have a dream speech. Yeah, that's not, even, that's not even in his, in my opinion, that's not even yeah. his, his most powerful speech. You know what I'm trying to say? You know? He's got, a, he's got a speech where he talks about what he remembers too, you know? Yep. And, and that speech for me was even more powerful than, than what he dreamt yep. about. 
because the, what the, his memory is <laughs> me. Yeah. He, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, like we'll, we'll definitely have to delve in deep and share, I guess, some of the factual memories and, anti, and antidotes that have come from, you know, these, these people's great, the civil rights act, act, um, movements, great, great time. And, you know, just the emergence of it, because it's, we're still in the time of, of, of post-civil rights movements, essentially. We're yeah. still all fighting for the rights for all of us to live together. Bro, it's mad. Yeah. For like, just, you know, leading to what you were saying. I know you said we can go deep into it another time, but you're right. Like for me, even like Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, it's, it's, a, it's just a way for a particular section of society to mm-hmm. almost quell um, what, you know, black, black, black passion, black anger, black, black uh, 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 unity. Yep. Oh, but Martin Luther King said he had the speech and we were all walking together. Yeah, he did say that. But then he also had the speech where he said he's feared that he's actually uh, uh, walked his people into a burning house. Yeah. You know, so like, but, but then a lot of people don't want to, and then also, and, and the one that got killed, and this is what widely accepted that a lot of people feel that the reason why then he was assassinated is because he started talking about money and he started talking about, you know, war. He started talking about huh? this war, bruh. He started yeah. talking about Vietnam War. Like, one of his last real active speeches, yeah, and it was so touching, you know, and it leads on to his, like, you know, his famous phrase, injustice anywhere is anywhere. injustice everywhere. He started speaking about how people can go to America and they're the most hate country because they've bombed everyone's, everyone's house and family. Everyone's family, yeah. True. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, like, it's like, they're trying to move as this democratic, um, the, 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 like, you know, the leader for democracy, the leader for change and inclusion of all people, yeah. They're, they're, they've been come, taken part in, in these campaigns of, of terror against individuals that also have the same rights to life as everybody else. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Especially in their own, in their own worlds, <laughs> in their own countries. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So like, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, um, it's very telling, you know, what is chosen to be remembered by mainstream society popular culture and you know what is what is what has been like suppressed of it because you would think that after i had a dream that nothing else came i had dream was very early i had dream was very early on (laughs) so much more happened i had a dream was uh like was an ignition for so much more to happen and so much more did happen and so much more will happen you know based 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 off that you know what i'm trying to say Facts. You know. And also, the other way around, with Brother Malcolm, they would just say, oh, by any means necessary, etc., etc. But they don't know, the latter stage of his life, he was talking a lot about unity between all colours yeah. and all races, you know, but mostly just oppressed people. But And also, and also he was talking more about the Pan-Africanist movement. Yes. But these things are then quelled and these things are not discussed because it doesn't fit the narrative. Exactly. You know? Brother Malcolm is best described as from the from what we call mainstream society as oh an angry black man that wants to kill all non-black people all all oppressors and stuff like that mm-hmm. okay maybe partly true but not necessarily that's not the full story that's not the full story at all you know Literally. and you know a lot of people don't talk about brother malcolm after he came back from mecca and that's the i think that's a very important that's for me probably the very most important, important. Yep. What's the, sorry 
yes, yeah, most definitely a, a very important, prominent time to speak about for sure. You know, like those incremental moments and events that took place and those changes and shifts in, in ideology and in, in mandate and manifesto are very important and very important to, to look at as for reasons for why, you know, these assassinations occurred because one of the common, common, um, I would say, elements in, in, these in, these in these like unfortunate sagas is that, okay, cool. They started off as people, you know, that were fighting, fighting off for social causes, which started off in, um, you know, like, like almost like interest groups on these singular causes, these singular cause kind of pressure groups, you know. But as, as they began to meet more people, aim to fulfill their actual, um, the actual desires of, of finding liberty and some sort of freedoms and hope for people, you know, as they were quelling despair of groups of people and became to know more about the world, they wanted to share more of their energies with this, this part of the world, you know, with, uh, with more of the world in terms of, in terms of having a more, using a platform for more of the atrocities that were happening just all over the world. And just as a, as, as a people and everything, everything, a lot of the things just keeps getting classed as, okay, yeah, this is socialism, this is Marxism. However, when it comes down to it, it is about being human. Facts. <laughs> I mean, like, it's about being human. It's about people, humans, being able to live together, love one another, and find new happinesses with, within themselves and with each other. Because at the end of the day, the reason they are significant is because they were fighting for people they did not know. <laughs> yeah. They're fighting for people like out for like for people for themselves. You know what I mean? And then um, it's like the world we're living in today really, really promotes and pushes look out for number one. It's numero uno. Yeah. That's important. Without yourself, you got you know what I'm trying to say? It's really like it's really like this kind of like neoliberal you know, like this new phase of freedom has really delved more into this kind of vanity, narcissist, selfishness. Yeah. I mean, and then, yeah. and then understanding that from observation and seeing that in retrospect, including the other, the other commonalities within the pe these civil rights actors that were being assassinated, is that this is a care for all. And the people that were left to be alive, and some people that are, are, are you at times preach some form of hate. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was only after Gaddafi wanted to unify Africa more did they start to did they um, go to murder him. Yeah, you know, they didn't go to murder Gaddafi when he was, you know, seen as an agent that oppresses, you know, the nationals of Libya and you know, it, it, it is a single dictator and is try, is trying to fit in with the world status quo. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like. In a way, have those, are, are we reminded of people like MLK, Fred Hampton, and um, Malcolm X, in a way, J John F. Kennedy, in a way so that we can be afraid of standing up for what's right? Because all these people get have been killed so young, and it's like, is that, is, that what, is that what we're told about them for in the Western world, in this period of the, and is that, is that why the, the narrative of them that were being made exposed to later on in the future was not, had not been allowed to be, discussed in the past mm. in a way that was more you know much more holistic as opposed to always having this kind of 
you know, dark shadow overclaiming it, whether it's because of the fatalities they suffered or the, the kind of um, scandals that went on in their own personal lives, you know? Yeah, bro, I definitely hear that. And what's interesting is, you know, you described three different men. Um, I know you said JFK as well, but you can't forget JFK for a minute. But like, you have three different men, all three of them diff- on on the different on the on the, on the spectrum of nothing like any you know black struggle spectrum, but even on a political spectrum. Yeah. One would argue they're all three, you know, all three of them are, are, are on a different kind of spectrum. Hundred percent different angles, different people, yeah. different stories, different steps. Exactly, and you know, you have one person in Malcolm Martin Luther King who's preaching togetherness, unity, integration, etc. And you have another person oh. in Malcolm X who's preaching uh, segregation, mm-hmm. separation, mm-hmm. Uh, not togetherness, yep. you know. And then you have another person and then Fred Hampton to, preaching togetherness, in fact, but, but also going up against, to, yep. all together black, white, Asian, up mm-hmm. against the, the status quo system. And mm-hmm. all three of them ended, ended with the same fate, mm-hmm. in death. Mm-hmm. And all, them, all three of them were assassinated. All so, three colors, all three people. So self-educated all that were driven to self-development in yeah. order to create a better living condition for themselves and the people around them not to ignore the people the fact that whilst their own lives were taking uh, a, a new form of you know quality as they were finding out the the means to live a better quality life for themselves they did not go and forget and just use all the money to be iced out or whatever, and yeah. and whatnot. They were not using their influence just to sit around and laugh when they once they become came comfortable, or sit around scratch their balls and think, "Oh, what's going on?" Just to observe and then talk and say, "That could never be me." You know what I'm yeah. trying to say? And it's like, yeah. okay, cool. These are the people that we celebrate during these, you know, these reduced months, almost play compartmentalized within just months to celebrate them. You know what I mean? And then it's like, it's like the way that they've been used is to, in terms of the way they've been used in the public's affair is to identify the audience, the people that just started watching TV into this whole new, to just be like, look, if you do what they do, you get killed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. like and, and, then, and then on top of that, it also, it also kind of like takes their eye off it and think, oh, the movement was killed off. Like nothing else is happening after that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's like when we look at this, how do we keep these institutions in kind of like in line with, you know, the practice of bringing people together, integration, you know, Conflict resolution, solution, a more harmonious, sustainable society, a world that isn't depleting. It's a tough question, bro. I think, um, and, after, and it's after a what... that is definitely, I have like, it's something that, like, as tough as it is, yeah, it shouldn't burden our, you know, or cripple us, you know, because it's a question that's going to have to be answered for eternally. Because had it not been an eternal question, it would have been easy to, to, it would be easy to just brush every injustice under the carpet and just say, yeah, nothing matters. Unfortunately, 
human beings have a deprived history. Yeah. You know, we have a history that as far as we can, we've been told that back in the day, human beings were stupid and now we're smarter. Supposedly in black and white terms. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You know, due to whatever, technology, industrial revolution, capitalism, the system that is now. However, when we look at what's, look at the world now, it doesn't feel smart. Doesn't feel like this. Um, do you remember that um, how they used to look at the future in the past? Like when they used to make it on the TV, how they used to make it Robocop and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like, like, yeah. like making metal talk doesn't make human beings smarter than they were before. It just l- looks like we've been using our time on other things. <laughs> Where yeah. look at what is going on inside of, of individuals. It looks like we're malfunctioning as humans. Yeah. It looks like we're not learning. It's like the hate is, is crippling. Like it, it, it hurts. You know, when we look at where we are now in this pandemic, and we look at how scientists have been treated, how experts in the fields have been treated, how whistleblowers and people that have been trying to actually support, you know, because this is, I would, this is, I could say this, this is similar to like a civil rights movement because this is literally a global movement. Does everybody have the right to be, protect, be healthy, to be protected by, you know, the, the system of government from, from, from danger, essentially? Like, there's talk about vaccines right now. Yeah. These vaccines haven't even haven't gone to the people that are most at need of it. By no yeah. means. They're still saying there's gonna be like three, four years until yeah. some African countries even get their vaccine. You know, and let, let let's really look at South America, where where you know South America, South Africa, where you know there's a heavy there's a heavy mixture of of you know, there's a there's a heavy concentration of European business in both these places, in South America and South Africa. European, I'll say European birthed business, you know, business that started from Europe or however long ago that is running thick, fast and strong to this day in these countries, yeah? And yet, yeah, these countries that, like, for example, Brazil, you know, South Africa right now, being riot by this coronavirus. And then their scientists, their whole... Their, their actual vaccines aren't being made to be produced for their countries and the people that are, are going through it are going through it. Instead, they're being given to people that are at the top of the executive in Western states and in and just global states all around. That's crazy. Top level people. That's crazy. Hardly any of our listeners, even in the UK, would have had the vaccine. A year later, that these that have raced to develop and we're just talking about all the time. Yet the people that we can actually listen to, we've been told to ignore mm. by our governments. Who can speak on this? Who can actually be credible now? I can't list someone's name now. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like they're watching accountability away from the, pe- the, actual, the actual, the key, you know, the key decision makers, the people that are actually uptaking these roles and just putting a brand there instead, the prime minister, 
the MP, your local council, the businessmen. But these people all have names, bro. They're all mm-hmm. real people. They're not robots. Their life still, like those civil rights activists are, are definitely alive still and their own personal ideologies are, to me, not necessarily Marxism, socialism or forms of communism. To me, these, these, these people are actually, they're fully alive here and now and they're like, you know, we're living in, their, in the reality they were trying to, they've been focusing on preventing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot. Of, that's what we're, you know, thinking about. Like, you know, when you when you think about the names that we mentioned today, we think to ourselves like, who are the next generation? Who are the you know, especially now where we have the internet? Imagine Malcolm X had the internet. Bro. Imagine Fred Hampton had the internet. Bro. Imagine the Martin Luther King had the internet. Bro. Like, it will. Be, do you know how mad that will be? Mm-hmm. Just imagine. You no, know? just imagine if you had the internet, like. You know, to be fair, Malcolm X would probably be banned on social media. To be fair, if you had the internet, really, um, yeah, you But um, but you know, you think to yourself, well, who are the next? Who are the next ones? And obviously, you look at yourself sometimes in the mirror and you think to yourself, around like, what am I doing for for my community, for the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think to yourself, like, how can I do more and stuff? Especially after watching this movie, bro, like. Again, it just it, you, you can't watch this movie and think to yourself you're watching a movie about a twenty-one-year-old. You just can't. Yeah. It just doesn't make. Especially when you think about all the movies you watch in America, like uh, uh, about teenagers or not teenagers, but young adults like like American Pie. Or, as well. You know, huh? from Chicago as well. Is that the only media that they want to focus on exporting on is the negative stuff? Because when no. I hear Chicago and twenty-one-year-olds today in Chicago, what I hear about is like. People that aren't necessarily doing the greatest of things, you know what I'm trying no, to say? No, facts. That's facts. That's facts. That's facts. That is facts. It's, it's like, this is not by design. You know what I mean? This is not no. by design. Like these lot are doing these lot are doing these things here, like by design. They're doing this on for a reason. You know what I'm trying to say? They're doing this here for the for like. A purpose, and if that purpose right now is relative today, which is causing and harboring more hate, then you know they will never be successful. Because at the end of the day, like innately, people don't live for long in a life full of hate. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how much money these elites are saying. Like that, yeah, I'm trying to say like there's not enough money in the world to buy happiness at the end of the day. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. True. No, it's true. Um... Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy, bro. And I'm just like I said, is when you when you when you sit down and you think about the achievements that all these men have made in such a short span of because even like when you think about Malcolm X and and Martin King, both men died in their thirties mm-hmm. or got assassinated in their thirties. Like mm-hmm. these are men that you know got to really fully implement their visions or at least you know. Live a full life, as it were. You know, hardcore dying at say a full life, man. Unfortunately, they never got to live a full life. Fortunately, you know, all of them. A lot, yeah. I, get, I understand what you mean in comparison, especially when you look at it in comparison to Fred, to Fred Hampton. But it's just oh, all yeah. compared to Fred, but, I'm, oof, but still, even Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, neither of them lived a full life. That there was a very, their lives were cut short, very, 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 very early. It'd be very different if we're talking about them and they were like sixty or something. Yeah. 
Saturday at 60. But they got Saturday at 30 something. So, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, like, you know, these men, their lives got cut short and early, you know, early. Mm-hmm. And you just think to yourself again, like, what if, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, aside from that, though, going back to the movie, like, again, I'll, I'll, I'll ask everybody what to watch it. Incredible movie. Danny Kaluuya and uh, Khalif, Khalif, well, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Uh, both portray their roles amazingly well. Um, just as just a, as a movie, just a movie geeking out right now. Yeah. Uh, because of the lockdown and stuff, you would think this is the best time for a film to win for actors or a film to win an award in like, you know, et cetera, Oscars, et cetera, et cetera, based on the quality of the movie and not the numbers that the movie make, if that makes sense. Yeah. So cinemas are closed. So there's no, there's no big blockbuster movies this year for, for a whole year. There hasn't been any big blockbuster movies because cinemas have been closed. So this is the first time, probably in a long time, that films are going to be based purely off just the merit of how good the film is and how good the acting is. And not off numbers because nobody's been able to go out and buy cinema tickets. So there's no point basing it off the numbers. Basically, purely, purely off the acting. And this film has to be a front runner. Again, it doesn't matter if it doesn't win anything because we don't need any any uh, Oscars and stuff to validate black art. But I just feel like it's deserved. It, it deserves to win this award. It deserves to win all the awards. Purely so that everyone can go out and watch this movie. Black, white, Asian. This movie should have a premiere in China. Everywhere. It's just mad. It's just such a good movie, bro. And yeah, I really hope everyone gets out and watches it. Or whoever gets out, stays home and watches it, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, for real, man. For real. You know, and I'm glad that, you know, we, we, we you know, had a chance to speak a bit more about, about civil rights the kind of role they're playing is, is played it like is shaping today's society today and and just looking at the impact it's like like it's having in terms of just in media today as well and and just generally speaking you know and it's um something that i that you know i hope we, we continue to speak on and uh, develop a better understanding of so we can you know yeah like share share these share these ideologies and share share the, the 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 kind of hope and the kind of energy that was being that was being passed around and being consumed by people on a daily for them to push for you know their civil liberties their things like the right to vote things like stop stopping segregation on the buses the people being allowed to work you know the fact that even to this day during this lockdown we'll fight we're fighting systemic racism and we're bringing up the facts that a lot of the issues that were raised during the, these, these times are actually still present in today's day and age and just how, how it correlates, you know, and the trajectory, especially considering the fact that we have, we have the opportunity to have actually, they're, they're, they're not fiction. You know, this is, non, this is non-fiction reality. These people have lived, they've had these experiences, you know, and, and in these experiences, you know, we've seen the realities of what has happened from people in power when there's a power struggle for people that are that, that are actually not in direct power as, a, as 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 individuals but in power as groups and what happens to their leaders it's the fact that they they've been assassinated they've been spun it's the fact that mainstream media has been and has been a tool 
for the for oppressing the masses for a long time, and it, and to, to this day and age, it hasn't taken that much of a different stance, you know. So, so yeah, like it's quite it's quite good to it's quite good to see that um that we that we can reference these materials, and I'm I'm grateful that we have, and I'm grateful that the news made us do this. For real, for reals. For reals. We know how it is. We always stay reals. <laughs>